you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome to your Monday with the Addison's. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. and J. Mac are also on tap, helping us to navigate the show, and we do appreciate them so very much. Mm-hmm. I know that we have some announcements um, that we need to share with you, make you aware of some things happening here at the American Family Association. But before we do that, um, if I could just say a sincere, heartfelt, on behalf of this entire Aaron the Addison's team, thank you so much for your generous support during yes. our fall share Thank yes. you. Thank you for uh, giving during this show and just showing that um, that what we're doing really does matter and that it is an encouragement and um, that it's helping to equip you. That means a lot. So I just wanted to make sure that um, that we acknowledge that and said thank you sincerely for, for giving. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the great. What announcements do we have? All right, so first of all, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net if you want to contact us. Also, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just search Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can also watch this broadcast live on our Facebook page. Also, we have a Marriage Family Life date night coming up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and that will be November 9th. Uh, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. The location is the Robinson Center, uh, 426 West Markham Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, To register, just go to uh, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. And once you get on that page, you'll see the date night uh, graphic and click register and you can register there. We need you to register so we can know how many people are coming out to that. If you've been thinking about attending a date night and you think maybe you'll do it, this is the last one. So if yeah, you're if you're in it. the area and you have, you know, thought, oh, man, you know, maybe the next time, the next time, this is the last time, this is the last one. And so if you can come to this one, if you can make it, uh, we would love to meet you, have the yes. opportunity um, to hug you and to shake your hand, whichever you're more comfortable with. Um <laughs> <laughs> I always think of you, Will the Great, when well, I make I mean, these jokes. You know. I know. No, it's fine. Be- because we do. <laughs> we have two different people. Like, we, you yeah, and I compliment yeah. one another That's right. in the way we interact with people. Like, yes. we just, you know, it's, and it's, I always think of um, you and me when I think of the people we talk to. Because I feel like between <laughs> the two of us, we can kind of, you know, relate to everybody, I think. Uh, Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so whatever you prefer, uh, if you prefer we shake your hand, that's fine. It won't offend us. If, you, if you'd like a hug, uh, won't offend me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing with you, Will the Great. Just playing. Um, anyway, don't hug him. Yeah, so if you want to. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just joking. If I can't give you a hard time. Oh, you can. Man, it's going to be a very miserable life for We're me. We're good. We're good. Because you're you the safest place time. that I have. Yes. For, you know what I mean? It's, yes. it, I don't have anywhere else to go. Yes. Um, so, yeah, register for this one because this is it. This is this is the final date night, and uh, we would love to to meet you and spend some time with you. Hopefully, it will be an encouragement 
um, for you and for your marriage. Uh, look, you know, we've heard from some people that they have a good time. <laughs> we have a good time. Oh, I don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't fun. know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but, we have fun. So. Um, yeah. So, so. If nobody else, the Addisons are gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like I you said, you this what? is the last one. So come on out. Yeah, come you on know? out. Yeah. If you throw out. a party and you're the only one having fun, you know, that's kind of a problem, right? Yeah, like if yeah. you have a party and no, then like what's every, wrong with you know, that? Yeah. <laughs> what's the information? How do people register? MarriageFamilyLife.net. Go to MarriageFamilyLife.net and register there. Make sure you register because we need to know. Yeah. How many people are coming out? Uh, also. Uh, if you are looking for a concise uh, biblical teaching on the biblical response to critical race theory, go to AFS, afastore.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by Miki Addison on that topic. Um, you can also find there her devotional called Heart Truths and you can pick that up there too. So anyway, uh, just, that's just a, uh, a plug. Sure. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Wonderful. It's in afastore.net. AFAstore.net. And then, you know, we live in this cancel culture. Oh, boy. You know, it's crazy. Who's, I mean, who's bitten the dust? Well, you know, no? we're not biting the dust anymore. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled by culture or banned oh, from speaking right. the truth. We're right. introducing the latest ministry effort, AFA Streaming. AFA Streaming, built and managed by American Family Association. So previously, AFA relied on third-party uh, platforms such as YouTube, Vimeo, and Facebook to stream content. However, these platforms have become censors of biblical truth. We know this is true. And so AFA Streaming will be available this November. AFA Streaming is an online platform that will host all AFA-produced video content. Isn't mm-hmm. that awesome? It is Man, awesome. Man, because like, they're trying to shut us down, you know? Yeah. You know, I was thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our video streaming mm-hmm. will be to American Family Association what uh, American Family Radio was to American Family Association mm. over 25 years ago. Mm. It's the same thing. It mm. is it is saying there is a message that we have got to get out. We have got to warn people. Uh, we are mobilizing people. How do we get that message out in a way where we don't have to apologize for it nor go begging to people um, to get it on? Like, you know, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Brother Don said you got to own the microphones. And so same thing is true. I mean, technology, online technology, uh, social media, uh, video streaming, all of these things. This is how people communicate. I was reading some information just last night Mm -hmm. um, that was really insightful. Man, I I tell you, and I think I may have shared some of the information with you, but it was looking at Generation Z Mm. and uh, also the millennials and just looking at some of the stats about how they use media. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, um, you know, it's not evil to understand how your audience uses media. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Some people are like, well, I just don't, I just don't bother with it. I guess at one time radio <laughs> was one of those things. People are like, I ah, don't bother with it. Right. Just keep writing it out. You know, like maybe, I don't know. Um, but what I'm saying is God gives us wisdom. And yes. when you can see things coming and the Lord makes you discerning, you have to move on those things. I think that's what brother Don did. He was very discerning and saw where he needed to go. And so Anyway, I'm excited about the streaming platform. Yeah, so anything from documentaries to uh, church curriculum to our cultural institute series, all will be available for online viewing on a user-friendly first-class website. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to know how to to get this, well, anyone will be able to create an account and stream limited content for free. Uh, Great Commission partners, uh, those who make a monthly donation of any amount, will have unlimited access to all content on the platform. So please pray for this ministry effort. Please pray pray for what we're doing here. It's needed. Um, 
It is needed. It yeah, is needed. needed. And 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 this this is what we must do. It's it's what ministries must do yes. uh to survive the censorship. Got to own the mics. We have the truth. We have to own the mics. <laughs> and whatever the mics are, like right. whatever that is for that generation, you know what I mean? The exactly. the, the streaming platform is this generation's mics. Yes. You know? Um we've got to own it. We've got to be able to um get the message out. And and so anyway, that's just wisdom. I'm excited about that. Yes. Um today I want to encourage our listeners, uh Will the Great and I want to talk um with you about uh, loving the truth and how that really is the only defense in a culture that is uh, saturated with lies Mm. and not only saturated with lies, but is seeking to saturate your kids Mm. with lies. You know, that's what we hang out. We hang out in the neighborhood with families, right? And and our encouragement to you is to uh, fortify, to protect your family um, and to, to make sure that you stand on the word of God, that the word of God is your straight edge. Mm. Um, so a couple of different directions uh, we want to go with that. But first thing I want to do is I, I want to share with you this information. You may have already heard it. Um, Will the Great sent this to me early this morning, and I was just like so saddened by it. It immediately reminded me of another email that we received from one of our listeners. Um, we don't very often share publicly the emails that we get from our listeners um, just because it's not always necessary and sometimes right. not appropriate, of course, so, so we'd never do that. Uh, this particular email that I'm going to share a portion of. I'm I'm not going to mention the listener's name, Mm -hmm. uh, but she will know who she is because she'll recognize what she wrote to us. Uh, But this is the information that Will the Great sent. Uh, Colin Powell uh, has died from COVID-19 complications Mm -hmm. uh, amid a cancer battle. He was fully vaccinated. This is a Christian Post article. This news is everywhere. You could have grabbed any article, but I, I grabbed the one from the Christian Post. Um, It says former U.S. Secretary of State and former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Colin Powell, uh, who was the first African-American to hold both offices, died Monday morning from COVID-19 complications despite being fully vaccinated. Um, His family announced this. Uh, He was 84 years old. He was 84 years old. Here is a portion of the family statement. Quote, he was fully vaccinated. We want to thank the medical staff at Walter Reed National Medical Center for their caring treatment. We have lost a remarkable and loving husband, father, grandfather, and a great American. End quote. Uh, I have listened to now three shows on this network that featured um, PhD cellular molecular biologist, uh, Dr. Christina Parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham Hamilton had her on the Hamilton Corner. Yes. Uh, twice. Mm-hmm. Bishop Jackson had her on the awakening once mm-hmm. and even took calls from some of our listeners, which I think taking some of those calls uh, allowed for uh, the, the extraction of even more meat, if you will, right. uh, from the conversation, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it was just so insightful. Just the wisdom that God has given her. She is our sister in the Lord. And so her perspective on this is not just from her biology background, but it is also a discerning perspective, mm. uh, which I appreciate. One of the things that she mentioned, which has kind of um, heightened my awareness for seeing stories like this. One of the things that she mentioned when she was talking about the shots was, um, and I cannot go into all the science and I, and I don't want to get crazy and even using terminology and all that stuff. But I remember her talking about the effects of these vaccines on the body to cause the body to not be able to defend itself, to break down the body's uh, natural immunities, mm. um, to be able to fight, even if there would be like an instance of um um, cancers in mm-hmm, the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, she alluded to people seeing their cancers come back, you know, mm. um, after having received this shot. 
uh, and, and she went into a lot of detail. What I would direct you to do is to look up uh, all three of those podcasts. They, it is some of the weightiest information that you will listen to um, on the COVID-19 shots. And yeah. so I, I cannot recommend that enough. Then you have this news out here about Colin Powell. And this is something this is look, this is a portion, only one portion of the information that gets publicized. Well, before we got this, um, we got an email from one of our listeners. Uh, I want to say it was around the 6th or the 7th of October. And um, this sister emailed us and she had five points, five points that she wanted to communicate. Right. And she actually like numbered them. And uh, which makes it easy for me to just go right to it. Uh, point number five. And, and she writes this and I'm, I'm going to quote her here at length. Uh, but I, I look, you know, one of the things about owning the mics is that you don't have to wrestle with whether or not you tell people the truth. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Because of like, oh, if this person is doing that and, that, you know, this big company says I'm going to pull. No, you, you tell people the truth. You tell people the truth. That is that is loving. Yeah. And so anyway, here is uh, a portion of her email. Number five, she writes number five. Last one. Since this pandemic, my pastor has pushed the mask and social distancing and then the shot. I was very shocked because he was such a great preacher teacher. He closed our church because the CDC said closed. Now the church is operating under whatever the CDC says. If they open, you have to register to get a seat. If you go to church without registering, they won't let you in. They seat you by twos. Sit you six feet apart. And you can't hug or shake hands. Hmm. No choirs could sing. You had to wear a mask or you couldn't enter. If you forgot proof of uh, registration, they wouldn't let you in. We were watching from YouTube and he would bash those who hadn't returned to church. He even had nurses at the church administering shots in the parking lot to anybody that registered to get the shot. He took the shot. She's talking about her pastor here. He took the shot. He said, quote, I took it and I feel fine, end quote. He had been in remission from cancer for 10 years. Within three to four months after he took the shot, his cancer returned very aggressively. His funeral was this past Saturday. Mm. Yes, he died. I told our congregation that the shot, um, I told our congregation that the shot wasn't needed. He called me personally and told me that I had no right to tell them that because I'm not a doctor or scientist or some sort of medical expert with a degree. He didn't want to hear what I had to say. When he died, all I could do was think about our conversation and wonder, did he regret taking that shot? Mm. Why am I sharing that with you? I'm sharing that with you because what we have said from the beginning is where you're convicted, remain convicted. That's right. There's going to be more information that comes out that for those of us who've said, ah, I just I don't have the peace that I need. There's going to be confirmation where you're convicted, remain convicted. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's powered by We Are Messengers. Sherry B and J Mac on tap helping us navigate mm-hmm. the show. Um, listen, so love the truth. That's the encouragement. Love the truth. Uh, love the truth. Here's what often happens when we are searching for information. We don't mean it to be this way, but this is just human nature. We tend to like to be reaffirmed 
and a decision that we make. Mm -hmm. When we make a decision, we like for people to tell us that it's a good one. Mm -hmm. We don't often want there to be any resistance to that decision, which is why the Bible um, tells us all throughout the Proverbs that really we need to have counsel when we're making decisions, right? Because uh, you can get the different vantage points, if you will, before making the decision rather than afterward being forced into a position because of the need for comfort, Mm. being forced into a decision where you have to then seek out uh, affirming voices. We have a culture of people that seek out affirming voices. So you take your position and then you say, where are the people who will say what I'm saying? Where are the people? It's called an echo chamber. Mm. And a lot of us exist in it, by the way. It's only the person who is washed by the word that only the person who is washed by the word will desire truth, even when that truth makes him or her uncomfortable. Why do I know that that's true? Because if you're reading the Bible, it's done that to you. Mm. (laughs) Listen, the Bible is the only book that you read and love and return to over and over and over again that <laughs> yeah. tells you, hey, you're not a good person. Right. Right. All the time in different in different truth. forms. Yeah, like every time, you know, it's the joke. You guys, <laughs> you guys, if you've been in church any length of time, you've heard a pastor tell this joke. It's a horrible joke. <laughs> it's a horrible joke. But pastors seem to tell it. And then they they always think that you haven't heard it. No offense to any pastor, either sitting in the <laughs> studio right now or listening. OK, um, but it's the joke about the parrot in the in the shop where the woman goes in and the parrot says to the woman, what? You sure is ugly. Right. Like the, <laughs> have we heard this before. I think so. And and day after day, the woman goes in and she's like, I'm not going to shop in your store again. <laughs> and so the owner of the store is like to the parrot, if you do that one more time, I will cook you. <laughs> or something to that effect, because it's different. I've heard it told different ways. Mm-hmm. And then so the next day, the woman comes in and the parrot goes, ah, you know, you know. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like that's what the Bible does for us yeah. every single day. It's like you come to it and you read a passage. It may be a different passage, but you come to it that time. And it's another way to tell you, hey, it's in your system. Yeah, It's in your DNA. You know, you, you know. know you need Jesus. <laughs> right. you're, you're here because you know you need Jesus. So reading the Bible <laughs> is what enables us to be truth seekers. Like, and I know it, it almost seems like it's circular reasoning because it's like you need to read the Bible to know that you need to be a truth seeker, but then to, <laughs> to be a truth seeker, you know, I understand that. But what I'm telling you is if we are to exist in a culture where people hate the truth, mm. we've got to love the truth. We've got to be Amen. in a position where we are fortified by the truth. And mm. why? Because that then becomes a protective mechanism that God uses to keep us from delusion. Yeah, yeah. He keeps us from strong delusion. And, and look, parents and grandparents, this becomes instructive for us and how we raise our kids and how you assist your kids in raising <laughs> your grandkids that you teach and train to be steeped in the word of God. Mm. Um, I, a couple of things I want to read to you. And I, I, I actually want to read some things at length here, which is not usually our tradition, uh, but there are just a couple of things that I think will be an encouragement to you that I want to share with you today. But in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12, The Bible speaks very clearly about people believing a lie, a strong delusion um, that people would believe. And and you've got to ask yourself, how do we get to the place where, you know, people are so quick and so apt to believe a lie? Well, I mean, (laughs) one of the fastest ways to get there is by not being a truth seeker. Because the truth keeps you anchored. 
like when, when everything is, is flying at you and there's all these different opinions and all these different things happen. When you know the truth, you, you can stand firm. You know, yeah. you're like that tree planted by rivers of water. You, Amen. You, your, your, your roots are deep. Like you, you know where you stand because you stand on the truth. And you know something else, man, before we go to Second Thessalonians, you know, there's something else about um, being trained in the word. Like when you allow the word now, please excuse my use of the word small, because mm-hmm. in the big scheme of things, there are no small corrections that mm. the Lord gives. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, they're all big. But when you allow for in the reading of scripture, you come across things and you're like, wait a minute. I haven't been doing that. Mm. Right. You know, like that that nudge (laughs) that we get as we're reading the word of God and the author of it says, hey, focus. Right. (laughs) I mean, come on. Right. I'm not the only one. So so you're, you're reading and the Holy Spirit says you here, focus you this right here. Right. So when you see those things in scripture and you're automatic response is, oh, Lord, forgive me, Mm. right? This actually becomes one of those things where you build high walls against deception. Why? Because when you love the truth, when, when you are a lover of truth, it's very difficult for you to be deceived. Mm. And when you love truth, that is applied to you first. Mm. That's key. Because <laughs> sometimes we love truth applied to other Everybody people. Everybody else, yeah. We're like, hey, like, it, you know what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the church nudger. Mm-hmm. It's Bob that? and Brenda. It's Brenda <laughs> nudging Bob. It's like, Did you hear tune in, Bob. <laughs> yeah, stop looking at your church program, Bob. Pay attention. The pastor just said about, you know, whatever. Mutual submission. Brenda's love mutual submission. Anyway, it's in the Bible. Um, but when we love truth, yeah. when it's applied to us, we're building high, high walls against deception. Why? Because even as much as it hurts, when we come across the truth in the word of God, we want to conform to the word, not make the word conform to us. Amen. We are in a time, guys, where we have no choice to do anything other than that, anything other than that. And I'm going to tell you, it's a training ground right now so that, that as things really ramp up in our culture and there, man, we are in the midst of the onslaught. I got a couple of stories I'm going to throw in here just so that you understand the point I'm making but we are in the onslaught. It has been ramped up in our culture that you will believe the lie. Mm. And not only that, you will tell the lie. And if you don't tell the lie, you'll lose your job. If you don't tell the lie, you won't be able to buy or sell. If Mm. you don't tell the lie, you're you're not going to be invited here. You're going to be, you know, the pariah Mm -hmm. of society. Mm -hmm. You're going to be on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't believe the lie and then go a step further and tell the lie. Mm. And, and I, and I would tell you, our culture is in such a, disastrous state that we don't even demand that people believe the lie. We're like, nah, you just say it though. We don't, you, <laughs> you know don't what I mean? We're like, we don't, you don't you, have to believe it, but you, but you will say it. Say it. You yeah. better say you better it say or it. you're not going to work. Right. The only way that we can be fortified against that is by being steeped in the word of God. Here's mm. what second Thessalonians chapter seven, uh, chapter two, verses seven through 12 uh, say about this for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. Verse nine, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders Mm. and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Refusal to love the truth keeps us from coming to Christ to be saved. Mm. In fact, it makes us prime candidates 
to be deceived eternally, to to be deceived away from the Lord, not just in the meantime deception where you do things that you're like, "Eh, that wasn't smart. (laughs) No, but eternal deception, if you will. Verse 11, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man, so it's a scary thing to not love the truth. Because it is very scary when it goes on. It says, for this reason, God will yes. send upon them a deluding influence so that they will uh, believe what is false because they didn't so, love the truth. So you'll have what you want. Man. Yeah. You'll yeah. have what you want. And it starts out really small. And, and guys, I, let me tell you why I'm really mm. concerned about this. I'm really concerned about this um, because I see this happening in our children. Mm. They are being conditioned at younger and younger ages to believe lies to be deluded, to believe deception, to, to see that as truth or worse to see or to believe or to say, you know, it doesn't matter that there is no truth. Mm. There, there is no such thing as an absolute. In fact, um, we're this, this week, we're going to be in Dallas at a disciple life conference in Dallas. And one of the things, even as I was looking, preparing for this, one of the things I learned about this generation, generation Z, I want to say it's something like 34% of Generation Z. This is the generation that's born between 1997 and 2012. 1997 and 2012. Um, generation Z. 34% of this generation does not believe that there is anything, uh, there's no such thing as moral absolute, hmm. that there is absolute right or absolute wrong. They believe it's a sliding scale. It just depends on the situation. Guys, That's very scary. Do you understand that if a person cannot say absolute yes or no to evil, to sin, to unrighteousness, do you understand the great weeds you've got to forge through to get to them the gospel? Yeah. Because you understand that the gospel Mm. and understanding the gospel coming to Christ presupposes that, you know, there is right and there is wrong. Why? Because in, in, in order for you to be a transgressor of God's law, you've got to believe that God has absolute truth. That, that that this is consistent with his character and with his yeah. nature. And we're talking about a generation of kids, a generation of kids, 34% do not believe there's any such thing. Mm. <laughs> so that means that when they see the new, you know, Superman coming out, the, we, <laughs> guys, so we've got to love the truth. We've got to teach our kids to love the truth. We've got to train our kids. We've got to work overtime. Let me, if you are, if you are given to lazy parenting. And I I say this respectfully, but I say it lovingly and I say it assuredly. If you're given to lazy parenting, if social media is babysitting your youth, you're setting them up for destruction. You're setting them up to believe lies. You're setting them up to believe a strong delusion and you're laying the foundation for them right now that you don't have any authority to give them. You don't you don't have any any truth to communicate to them. You just let them believe what it is that they happen upon. Let them believe what it is that they happen upon. And then the question becomes, what is it that they're happening upon on a daily basis? Is it consistent with a biblical worldview? The answers everywhere in all places strongly suggest no. Yeah. Absolutely not. So. J.D., we often get asked this question, um, you know, what books do you recommend? What books are your kids reading? Um so one thing I, I want to share with you here, and, and I want to read this a little bit because I love church history and I think this will be neat for you to hear. Uh, but all of this that I'm reading to you is just to get to one quote. But I want you to understand <laughs> the significance of the quote 
So I'll give you a little bit of background. It's also a little bit self-indulgent because, again, I love church history. The book that J.D. is reading, J.D. is our third born. He is our first born son. He's 11. And uh, he's reading a book called The Radical Book for Kids, Exploring the Roots and Shoots of Faith. It's written by a man named Champ Thornton. Champ Thornton. I'm telling you all of that so you can go look it up. Maybe get it as a gift for the kid in your life. Uh, but J.D. was reading this book to us yesterday <laughs> in the living room. He's reading this book and, and, and he found it so fascinating. He's one of those one of those people that when he enjoys something, yeah. he wants to share it. And, and I love that. Don't be right? interrupted. <laughs> Let me speak. You know? He doesn't want to be interrupted. Yeah. He's like, if you, you know, if you're like, hold on, pause for. <sighs> <That's ridiculous. You> <laughs> now, praise the Lord. He's not four. So he doesn't have to start all the way at the beginning. Remember, the four year olds oh. always have to read. They have, don't interrupt them. <laughs> Because right. they'll start again from the beginning. So he can pick up. But anyway, here we go. So he was on chapter 37. Um, and the, the the title of this chapter is More Men Who Gave Their Lives for Christ. And it's about John Huss, a pre-reformer, John Huss. And I want to read this to you. And then I want to read you John Huss's quote. And we had a conversation around this because J.D. brought this book out and, and read it to us on our Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So it reads this way. John Huss was born around 1369 and died in 1415. He grew up in a poor family in southern Bohemia, now the Czech Republic. John did not like being poor and decided to become a priest, mostly for the wealth and important friends it would bring him. <laughs> he went to school in Prague, where eventually he became the preacher at Prague's Bethlehem Chapel. It was a large, very popular church. Somewhere along the way, God opened John's heart to believe the gospel. As a Christian, John now began to understand the scriptures. Quote, Desiring to hold, believe, and assert whatever is contained in them as long as I have breath in me, end quote, and his life changed. John began living an example, I'm sorry, living a simple life and not caring about getting rich. He even began preaching against other church leaders who were more interested in getting money for themselves than telling people about Jesus. When these church leaders told John to stop preaching against their sins, he refused. So in 1414, the church leaders invited John to a meeting to talk things over. They promised Huss that he would be safe. They lied. When John arrived, arrived at the meeting, he was thrown into jail and falsely condemned. They said he was preaching, quote, heresy. And then in parentheses, it says here, teaching things that aren't in the Bible. On July 6, 1415, John Huss, though innocent, was declared guilty. Before being burned alive, John said to his persecutors, quote, alas, drag my poor carcass to death so that you cannot sin any longer against an innocent victim. My trust is in the almighty and in my Lord Jesus Christ, who has redeemed me and called me to preach his gospel to the last breath of life. His blessed name be praised by all, end quote. Mm. Although Huss died that day, his example lived on. For the next 100 years, his death gave many believers courage to stand up for what was right, even though it might cost them their own lives. One of those Christians was a young man named Martin Luther. Here was John Huss's quote that really sparked some conversation um, that J.D. shared with us. Therefore, faithful Christians, seek the truth, hear the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, Speak the truth, adhere to the truth, defend the truth to death, for truth will make you free from sin, the devil, the death of the soul, and finally, from eternal death, end mm. quote. Love the truth. 
Fortify your kids with the truth. Tell your kids the truth. Give them, equip them with the boldness to stand and tell the truth about who God is. That is the only way that they are going to survive this culture. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. been reminding our kids that Jesus is coming again. That is not just the belief of your grandparents or your great grandparents. That is the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. Like, I mean, you think about his fulfillment of prophecy and the first time that he came. Right. And then you look at the prophecy that we have that tells us how to look ahead to his coming again. Mm. Jesus is coming again. We've been reminding our kids of this because what we don't want is we don't want them to be functional scoffers. Yeah. The Apostle Peter warned us of this. Yeah. In the last days, the scoffers were going to come. Now, look, you didn't think that it was going to be other Christians. Mm. <laughs> right. You thought you right, right. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Mm. You thought the scoffers are going to be all the celebrities who don't know the Lord. Mm. And they've made their this world their hope. And, and but little did you little did you know <laughs> that the scoffers would be the ones who sit next to you in church who believe that yeah you better just hunker down because this is this is it. This is all we got. Mm. And they're functioning as scoffers living like, well, that's just it. You live your best life now because then after that you die. And then maybe I guess you, you go to heaven and then, you know. But the return, the, the, we don't really talk about the return. Jesus is coming back. You read the scriptures, that is a promise that he made. That is the promise that he made that mm-hmm. he's coming back. If I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you that I'm coming back to get you that where I am, you will also be. If it were not so, I would have told you. <laughs> you, you remember the same one who said he was going to die and then after three days be resurrected. You know, the one who did. Mm-hmm. Remember him. The one who people saw him, him, the one who appeared to the Apostle Paul, who also said, hey, a lot of people that saw him are still around. You could ask them. (laughs) Right. The one who the one who wanted witnesses, Hmm. not the one who received revelation in secret Hmm. saying recite, recite like not. No, not. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to tell you, like just that there's evidence for what you believe. You got to keep this in front of your kids and your grandkids. Keep it in front of yourself. Read the Bible. Read the word of God. All right, I want to share this before we run out of too much time. I'll, I'll, I'll give the number. We can open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. It's so funny. It's like only the crazy people talk about Jesus returning. We've all kind of like, you know, we've gotten too like sophisticated to talk about that. Man, Man. call me crazy. <laughs> call, <laughs> call me crazy. You know, I, I want to I be in that number. And that's not just a song that we sing. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, while the phone lines are getting queued up, 888-589-8840. Last week, the uh, ACLU filed an amicus brief arguing against Loudoun County Circuit Court teachers who have received to use or refused to use gender affirming pronouns. The ACLU of Virginia stated, quote, while the teachers may disagree with the policy, they do not have the right to violate it in their capacity as K-12 teachers and the Loudoun County school system. In other words, you belong to us. Mm. You don't have the right to conscience. You belong. If you want to work, if you want to buy and sell, you got to say what we tell you to say. And so if a student walks up to you and tells you 
that the student wants to be called by, mm, I don't know, the pronoun Jimima. Because <laughs> they keep changing. I don't know if you've right. read some of them. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, in August, Virginia Supreme Court issued an order uh, affirming a lower court's decision to temporarily reinstate Leesburg Elementary School PE teacher Tanner Cross. Remember Tanner Cross? After Loudoun County Public Schools suspended him for voicing objections to a proposed policy during the public comment period of a school board meeting. If you don't remember, here he is. My name is Tanner Cross, and I'm speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria. 60 Minutes this past Sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned, but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months. They are now detransitioning. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies like 8040 and 8035 because it will damage children, defile, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Hmm. Well, you see, that's what it looks like to love the truth. Yeah. That's what it looks like to live life in such a way that you will not be deluded, that you will not be deceived, that you will not be bullied, that you will not be frightened into saying something that is untrue. Listen, these are very difficult times, dare I say, perilous times Hmm. that we are living in. And so how do we live in those times? That's the question. How do we live in those times? Well, we so steep ourselves in the word of God that we can do nothing other than tell the truth. That we, that we might even say, sort of like Martin Luther said, here I stand, I can do no other. Like, mm. I, I, I cannot deny what I know to be true. So you've got the ACLU. And what is the ACLU demanding? The ACLU is, demand, ACLU is demanding that teachers, that those who work in the public school system, who are working in government schools, that you've got to say whatever the kid wants you to say. <laughs> Here was from their Twitter account, breaking teachers, uh, three teachers in Loudoun County are going to court simply because they don't want to use trans and non-binary students pronouns. We and partners followed an amicus brief to tell the court refusing to use a student's pronouns because of who they are is discrimination. Hmm. Refusing to use a student's pronouns because of who they are is discrimination. Hmm. So you telling the truth has nothing to do with this. It is. This is the line that we've given you. We want you to walk it. If you don't walk it, you can't work here. Now, again, and, and they tell me, they tell me, hey, you know, um, they tell me that it's a safe place for our kids to be. But I guess what, what I'm asking is if the teachers have no recourse, if, if the teachers are being strong armed, if the teachers are being forced to say things that just aren't true, um, what of the children? Hmm. You know, what of what are, what are the little ones? And, and this is why it becomes so vitally important, not right. only for teachers to stand their ground, but also for parents. And you see this happening and you see that there's a there's a, a chill going up the spine of those in our government that where once we thought that uh, schools, we thought schools were local. Remember that? You remember that time? Once upon a time, we we thought schools were local, that they had local school boards. And we thought that it wasn't a federal government thing. Remember that? And remember that once upon a time when people started saying government schools, they were like, no, it's a it's a public school. It's a community school. And, and you remember people were like, no, it's not. It's a government school. And then now here's a government 
the government saying, hey, uh, we're not going to have parents showing up and challenging school boards. Man. Wait, wait. Last time I checked, that's exactly what parents are supposed to do. It's a local school. It's a right. public school. It's right there in their community. The school board members are chosen from among their community. The teachers are from among their community. The right. parents are among the community. Right. Right. So, so why is the federal? Right. They should be involved. It's supposed to be. And, you know, it's amazing to me because what what's being done is teaching children not to love the truth. And it's, it's, it's really teaching and ingraining that you, you don't need to love the word of God, the Bible. Come on. Come on. It's making move like that book. It says opposite to what we are trying to normalize. We want this to be your truth. And mm-hmm. so the Bible is a lie. That's what it's teaching children that what, what's, what, what the Bible says is not truth. And so you can reject that. You can reject Christianity. So here we are. And the question is, uh, are we ourselves prepared? And I guess I would go a step further and say or ask, are we preparing our kids to stand and tell the truth? How do you get to that place? Well, you've got to continually reinforce. You've got to continually. Because, look, we, we said this before. And I will say it again, 888-589-8840, if you want to join the conversation, by the way, 888-589-8840. I've said it before. I will say it again. We are normalizing followers in our culture. We, mm. we are normalizing people who will not say anything different because they don't want to be ostracized. You have got to um, have a certain antidote in your home. Not to reduce the word of God. I mean, it's greater than an antidote, but it does help you stand against lies and it helps you to have the boldness that you need to stand against those lies. Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to Michael in Iowa. Hi, Michael. Hello, how are you? Doing well. God bless you for your ministry. It's so great. I'm a Messianic Jew, but so in the same way, we believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, our God, our Father told us one thing that applied to to Israel then, but it applies to to us today as believers, and that's that we were to be a peculiar people. Amen. So we're not going to look like everybody, and we ain't going to. We have to accept that we're not, even though we're peculiar, we're on the right side. Come on, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> See that that's the whole thing. Uh, we got to recognize that and embrace that. It, it to me, it's like okay, I trust my wife, but. When I when I'm talking about my God the Father or His Son Messiah, I ultimately trust Him. I take that that trust level higher. Mm. I have to, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And that's what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. We're standing on 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 His power, mm. not our power. Amen. That's right. And 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 we gotta realize we're light, and that light blocks out that darkness. But it is mm. it, there is a lot a line drawn right now. Amen. Light and darkness. Amen. That's right. And Amen. it's clear. I would say it's probably clearer than it's been uh, maybe since the, the founding of this country. I, I don't I don't want to you know, I don't want to exaggerate, but I feel like as we continue to careen toward, um, you know, just a full out transformation of this country, if, if we're not already there. Mm-hmm. I think that the line is uh, even darker than it's ever been, that people can see clear where the two sides are. Mm. Uh, but I think you're spot on, uh, Brother Michael. I, I appreciate you calling. I, I mean, I have to say it's something about when you talk to a, um, a Messianic Jew, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just... It's not like I wouldn't say I'm jealous. I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> you got the best oh. of both worlds, right? Like to have all that history and to understand what God was doing and then to believe 
to believe, <laughs> right? To, 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 it's just amazing. Anyway, um, so hope my God joke is communicated. Like That's we, right. We Amen. Are, yeah. yeah. Hey, we were yes, once outside, but now yeah. we're in. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, all right. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Rhonda in Oklahoma. Hi, Rhonda. Hi. Hello. What is the name of the book that you were talking about that your son read to you? Oh, great question. The book is The Radical Book for Kids, Exploring the Roots and Shoots of the Faith, but The Radical Book for Kids, and it's authored by Champ Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N, and Champ, just as you might imagine, Champ is spelled. Um, it's a beautiful hardback book. Like It's, it's something that uh, J.D. had had uh, next to his bedside table for a while, and uh, you know, I, I kind of put it there. I, I suggested it to him. Um, a few months ago, probably a year <laughs> now. And uh, he said he'd get around to it. You know, he had other books in his queue, so to speak. <laughs> and anyway, as he's um, consumed all of those books, he found this one on his bedside table. And he came to me and he said, you know, this book was just there. I kind of, it became decoration. <laughs> so he said, I decided to start reading it one night. And he goes, it's really good. You know, and you know, you want to be gracious, but I'm kind of feeling like, son, <laughs> I told you. of course it's good. I told you to read the book. <laughs> Anyways, um, but the, the book is the radical book for kids. Uh, it's beautiful. It's like it's got so much color in its pages. Uh, it's it's one of those things that becomes sort of like a reference book. J.D. was going through and reading the chapter titles to us and then asking us questions and what we wanted to explore more of. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd pick something and then he'd read to us mm -hmm. about that. Uh, so your kids will love it. And, and I highly recommend that you get it. These are the kinds of things that we have to do for our children, right? Yeah. We've got to equip them. We've got to keep them excited about what it is that they have accepted. Yeah. If in fact they have accepted, you Amen. understand what I'm saying? Amen. So anyway, all right. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Samantha in Texas. Hi, Samantha. Um, hi, guys. First, I want to start by saying I wish I could find friends like you guys. You guys are awesome leaders oh, in the Christian community. Um, and I think it would be great to be friends with you guys. So I know that I would love weird that. as an adult to say that. But um, <laughs> I am administration at our church and our, my children are have been raised in the church. And but my kids go to public school. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that is their mission field. And even though it's it's a hard one, they still are able to come home and tell me about the things that happen mm -hmm. in their schools. And um, just a little sarcastic comment, my daughter was able to make, not a jab, um, but she had a, a teacher that walked up to her and, you know, gave her a comment. And she said, yes, sir, um, we'll do that. And he said to her, you can't assume my gender. And my daughter really quick just said, you know what? I'm sorry my manners offended you and just kind of walked away. And oh. I <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, but I really think that um, that if we're teaching our kids right at the right times and, you know, what to do and what to say, that it'll just kind of naturally come out to them and they'll know the truth. And so that's kind of what I'm here to say. <laughs> oh, well, thank, thank you, you so much for sharing that, Samantha. I got to tell you, uh, man, give glory to God Amen. because your daughter is the exception. Your your daughter is the exception. And, and, and you know, because you listen to this show, that the truth is not only are our kids not equipped to do what your daughter did or to respond the way that your daughter responded, but our teachers aren't. You know, we had the brother call in who, who said his four-year-old had to challenge the teacher because the teacher was like, yeah, you know, there's all kinds of different types of families. And, and <laughs> you know, so, so so your kid is the exception. 
And, and I would yeah. say give glory to God. You know, man, praise God that we have those moments where our kids don't buckle. Unfortunately, that's not the norm. Right. We have all of the data that is strongly showing us that our kids are buckling. They are walking away from the faith. They are deciding what we have taught them just isn't true because they're surrounded by something to the contrary. So glory to God, Samantha, Amen. Um, for your daughter. All right. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.